Hi everyone, it's Meredith Carey, and you're listening to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Conde Nast Traveler. This week's episode is all about what family travel, and more specifically, traveling with kids, looks like this summer. As neither Lale or I have kids of our own, we're passing the mic to our Women Who Travel colleague and super mom, Lauren DiCarlo, to chat with two amazing women about what travel plans they have in store. Lale and I will be back next week, but for now, we'll let Lauren take it away. Hi everyone, I'm Lauren DiCarlo, Director of Strategic Projects at Condé Nast Traveler and mother to uh, my four-year-old son. I am joined today by Monet Hambrick of the Traveling Child blog, which chronicles Monet's travels around the world with her two daughters and husband, and Liz Spikinger, a travel industry veteran who currently serves as the Senior Global Sales Director for Auberge Resorts and single mom to her eight-year-old son. Today we're talking family travel. I want to just start right off the bat getting into summer travel, if we could, because I think we're all feeling a little cabin fever from being stuck in our homes for the last three, four months. Some of us longer, some of us shorter, uh, depending on where you live. And I'm wondering, first off, if you guys are traveling this summer. (laughs) (laughs) It's Liz. I'm laughing because I literally just left Terminal B at LaGuardia. Um, And so I put my eight-year-old in the amazing hands of Southwest Airlines and um, with a N95 mask. And I have to tell you, everyone was so respectful. Oh, great. Um, In in every step of the experience from the parking garage, being able to read tollless passes so you don't even need to touch the parking garage to when you enter... um, whether it was American or Southwest, um, th- there were hand sanitizers and people guiding you so that you didn't have to cluster at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they even allowed for children, they allowed the full front row for a child. Oh, um, nice. So I was beyond impressed. And so the, the timing of your question couldn't even be better. So where is he off to? He's off to his Uncle Mike's, thank God. <laughs> and his, in, his, in his parting loving words, he said... I love you. I hope you take some time so you're not so stressed. Mm. And then he just turned around and got on the plane. And I was like, oh, thank you for being such a good little traveler. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so great. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, we all need a vacation, right? Like, <laughs> I guess the, yes. the fact of the matter is it, the big question now, I think, is, you know, it usually is like, where are you going? But now I think it's the bigger question is, how are you going? Monet, what do you have? What do you have cooking? We have nothing planned right now, but when I tell you I have been on the internet every single day looking at yeah. things that we could do because as most people, we've had lots of summer vacations canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you can imagine with a 4 and 6-year-old stuck inside a house every single day for the past 3 to 4 months, we need something. Um, so personally, we've been looking at vacation homes just mm-hmm. to even just get a change of scenery, someplace we can drive to and something with a pool. So at least the kids can just have that. That's better than what we have now. So nothing mm-hmm. too serious at this time, um, but definitely looking for, you know, nearby like staycation type mm-hmm. um, adventures we can go on. So I'm curious to know for the both of you, is there a sort of like mental checklist that you're running through these days when it comes to 
you know, like Monet, you were saying, thinking about staying in a house, having a pool. Like, are there some things that you're thinking about now that didn't, obviously there, there must be, that are factoring into your summer travel plans that never did before? I would say really just looking at where we're staying, what the cleanliness of the place is. I mean, of course, that's something that's always been, you know, a factor, but now it's really a factor. And even if it's a place, you know, with us looking at vacation homes, making sure 100% it has a washer dryer because we Mm -hmm. want to maybe clean those items, linens ourselves and making sure that they are up to our standards Mm -hmm. for us to be able to have the option for delivery for groceries, making sure that whatever the grocery stores in the area, they do have that. So we can, you know, come in contact with as little amount of people as possible. And even when thinking about how far we're willing to drive, can we drive that far without having to stop for gas multiple times Mm -hmm. without, you know, the kids needing a lot of bathroom breaks where we're going to be going in and out of store. So all those things that of course you kind of thought about before, because especially road tripping with kids, like you don't want to stop 15 million times, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like these are things that I think now are even more important um, than before. Yeah. Absolutely. I think also for us, you know, we have a four-year-old and while we love him dearly, he's driving us a little crazy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so right now, so many of our friends are talking about places like homes that they're renting and and just like, you know, tiptoeing back out into the, the world of travel. And I think there's this feeling, especially for us, where we get so close and we're, we have these conversations and we're like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. But then we, we just kind of pull back a little bit and get a little bit scared. And then we're like, no, it's, it's not. And then the, the phrase we keep coming back to is it's not worth it. You know, is it worth it? it takes on a whole new meaning these days. And it's really hard. It's really hard to actually commit to, to taking a trip. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are feeling that same way. There's huge value in in what you're saying because I think when the world didn't tip or turn, we we felt we deserved the trip Mm -hmm. or we earned the trip. And now it's a a different mentality of, do we need the trip? Mm -hmm. Do we need it for our mental sanity, our emotional sanity, our health? That's one component of it. And then how do we do the trip in a new way that maybe isn't in the same budget that it was in the past, but also offers a lot of stimulation. Mm -hmm. So like our national park system, our state park system has just, I feel like done an amazing job of providing the tools for kids to be able to engage. And that's like one of the things that us as a family, we bought the, the national park guide and we've been following it. And it then inspires us to go to places that I didn't even know existed, like small islands off the coast of North Carolina that had such rich history, uh, and especially on point to this complete climate that we're in. It was like, wow. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of like re-looking at how we see travel and how we see our our local states and what our states do provide us is is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Monet, I know on your um, blog, you've written about RVing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because in theory, I'm so on board, but then I think about what it actually entails. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, is it, again, is it worth it? Do I want to put myself in this, in this position? Do tell me, do I, is it, is it worth it? Should I just do yes. it? Yes. 
It is totally <laughs> worth it. So we took our first RV trip back in um, November of 2018, and we mm-hmm. have become addicted a little bit. <laughs> mm. So we went on three in 18 months, even doing a multi-generation one with my parents. So six of us oh in an goodness. RV for six days. We all survived. And my mom, who was not thrilled about this trip at all, but came along anyway after she was like, I really liked it. I would totally do another one. So for her to say that, you know, they are great. The first time we went on one, obviously we had never gone on one before. We didn't know what to do. It was very easy for my husband to be able to drive the RV. The biggest question is, well, what about the bathroom and the poop and, you know, all that stuff. And when I tell you, (laughs) literally, it takes like five minutes to change that and flush that system out. It's very easy We've always done peer-to-peer rentals um, uh, on outdoorsy is what we've always used, which is basically Mm -hmm. like Airbnb for RV rentals. And you meet the owner before they walk you through everything. And honestly, every single person we've ever met at the RV parks are just so kind. The first Hmm. night we were hooking up, we were actually doing um, national parks. So we were at an RV site right outside of Zion. And it was about 9 p.m., Pitch black had to be about 35 degrees outside because it wasn't the week of Thanksgiving and we were hooking up and the heat wouldn't go on in the RV. So somewhere, you know, my husband forgot a step and we knocked on the, you know, our neighbor's door and it was this older couple. He had to be in his 80s and he was like, oh my gosh, no, of course, I'll come out right now and help you guys put on his coat, came, helped us and then was in our RV talking to us for the next hour. Like the mm. community is just so beautiful as well that I highly recommend RVing and I think it's great for social distancing too because You know, you're in your own camper the entire time where you're not going in and out of hotels or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So the level of cleanliness is really up to you as well and how you clean it. Um, And then when you're at these RV sites, you're outside. So it's a little bit easier, I think, also to communicate with people because that social distancing is already kind of set in place with the way that the parking is set up in these RV camps. Mm. Were you able to keep your children on a a sleep schedule and a nap schedule so that you had your own time? Yes, definitely. Um, My, especially our youngest, as soon as the RV starts moving, she is gone within like 30 minutes (laughs) of that. So (laughs) 100%, yes, 100% able to do that. And the thing that's great about that too is because pretty much while we're driving from one location to another, They were sleeping. So then once we got to the activity, they were well rested. They weren't cranky. And we were really able to have a good time hiking or exploring or whatever we were doing. That's so great. I love that. It it also, Liz and I have had conversations about this before, about how sometimes when you're in a hotel room with your kids, you know... (laughs) I'm, I'm never the type of person who's getting two hotel, you know, I would never get a separate room for my child. I mean, that's great if you could do that, but that's not something that my family does. And so, so many times Charlie is in a crib in the bathroom so that we are not lights out at 7.30, 8 o'clock, and we're able to enjoy our, our time together. But I'm so glad to hear that in the RV, like, did you feel like you had a sense of like adult time? Yes, because 
even depending, of course, the size RV that you have, there are privacy like blinds uh, or curtains. Uh-huh. So the bedroom in our RV, you can close the door. There was a separate TV in there versus the bunk where the kids were in. So you could get a little privacy. Nice. Also, one thing we learned is that you know, your thought of what an RV and RV park look like for me were completely different. So we got to these RV parks and I was like, wait, are we at a all-inclusive resort? I mean, obviously <laughs> not to that extent, but to the fact that there are playgrounds, there are pools, there mm. are, um, you know, ping pong tables. One had a rec room that actually had staff that were doing arts and crafts with the kids during the daytime. So wow. the levels that you can get is amazing. So we always felt as if we were able to have that time. And then at the RV parks, there also are tons of other families too. So our kids got to meet other kids where they were able to play outdoors with. And even in this time where you might not want your kids, you know, in close contact Mm -hmm. with other kids, even just the space, you know, in a hotel room, you just have your hotel room space. Mm -hmm. Here, We can be sitting, you know, in our area in front of our RV while the kids are running around in the in the grassy area right in front and getting their time together to run around while we're enjoying, you know, a glass of wine or having a nice conversation in front of the fire pit or, you know, at the picnic table. Uh, So, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm totally sold. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dovetailing onto that. I always have this desire to take my son Max camping, right? But the minute I really think about it, I have the campsite of Tanzania in my head, right? Like beautiful. And then I go to Target in Brooklyn and I'm like, okay, (laughs) hold on. This is a whole, has anybody camped with their children? And what's that like? You know, can I just say, Liz, I just camped out in my sister's backyard on the 4th of July because we were so starved for just some sort of, I'm doing air quotes, vacation that um, my husband and my son, we pitched a tent in my sister's backyard in New Jersey. It is exactly what you just said. Like the idea of it for weeks, we were like, we're going to go camping. We got our tent, we got our sleeping bags. We had little lanterns, our s'mores kits, like all ready to go, you know, packing the baggies of um, marshmallows and chocolate. We were so excited about this. And then, you know, we pitched the tent, we throw our sleeping bags in there. I'm covered in... um, you know, like insect repellent, <laughs> and it's hot out. Our, my nie- two nieces just never wanted to go to sleep. It was almost like, it was like 1230 in the morning. And I knew my child would be up with the sun, which is like 530 these days because the tents are, you know, you're just out there. And so the whole time I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to have four hours of sleep. Then we get in there, he immediately passes out. And then you just realize you're on the ground. It's bumpy. It's hot. I slept about 45 minutes that night. (laughs) But my child had a fantastic time. But we came back home and literally all we did was nap like the entire next day. And uh, but I think it was worth it. I don't know. It just felt really good to get out of the house, to be honest. But a real camping experience I have not done in a long time. Monet, I'm sure you've done. So we haven't done real camping with the kids. We have done backyard camping as well. 
we have done camping in front of our RV on one of our RV trips. Mm. Um, our RV rental came with a tent and the girls loved, they wanted to do it again. So we pitched the tent in front of the RV. Um, and we actually have done the tent in Kenya, but not Tanzania. But yes, the the glamping total, uh, highly recommend everyone do that yeah. at least one time in their life because it is so worth it. Um, but yeah, we haven't done true camping with them. But the camping we have done, as you said, they loved it. I mean, we're in Miami, though, mm -hmm. so it's, like, really hot here. So you can only do backyard camping, but, like, one week out of the year. <laughs> but 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 they, they loved it. The, the one thing I would love to talk to both of you about is thinking this summer um, about extended family. And I'm curious to know if you are feeling some pressure to, to see extended family. I mean, there's this... Obviously, there's this desire to want to see your family and be with your family. Um, and I'm just wondering, because it's something that I'm struggling with, like telling family what we feel comfortable with. Are you feeling the same? Are you having these conversations with, with your families about what you are willing to do, what you won't do? And, wh and where do you net out on that? So that's why I put Max on a plane today, that my 80-year-old mother is in central Illinois and COVID has, you know, hit many spots. And so bringing him into the equation was too much of a risk. Um, and also putting him in the environment where, oh, there's the neighbor children. You've just come from New York. Mm -hmm. You cannot play with them. You cannot, you cannot. Um, that I had to finally make the choice to send him where I knew he could be safe and with my brother. And then that allows me, so I'm driving, going to be driving here soon to, uh, to Illinois, but I will then quarantine and take a test before I go see my mom just mm. for my own mental sanity. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, luckily for us, my parents live down the street from us, but for the mm. first, you know, the first two and a half months of everything, we did not see them at all. Uh, completely in the house, which is hard, especially, you know, my kids, they're used to seeing my parents mostly every day. So to go from that to not seeing them at all and only on FaceTime, it's like FaceTime is great, but it's not, you know, that in-person interaction. Um, then once things, you know, seem to be getting better, we have gone to my parents' house and they have come over. But besides that, we have not seen family and it's mm -hmm. hard because we have a lot of family that lives within an hour of us and just with everyone having various careers and some of them requiring them to still go into work and be around lots of other people we're just not comfortable with that yet mm -hmm. and it it, mm -hmm. it sucks a lot you know yeah my grandmother who is 81 I think um she was here she actually had came here from Jamaica about a week before everything started closing down again because my aunt had a stroke. So she mm. came to see her and then ended up getting stuck here. She just went back home uh, two days ago, but she was here for such a long time. And for her birthday, which she was here for, we drove to my aunt's house and did like a drive-by to say mm -hmm. happy birthday. Mm -hmm. But for my grandmother and my kid's great-grandmother to be here for so long and for them to not be able to really see her and she doesn't live here, that was that was, that was was really hard. Um, yeah. So it's definitely taken, you know, an emotional toll on people too. And 
I just hope that things get better so we we can at least see family. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think for us, it's it's caused us to have a lot of uh, really candid conversations about, uh, well, I should say most of them, most of our conversations sort of follow this pattern. If you all do this, then we can't do this together. You know, my son's day camp is open and operating. And while most of the kids he went to his preschool with are enrolled in camp, we decided not to enroll him in camp because if he did that, then I felt like we couldn't come anywhere near my parents. And so it was like, you know, if if we do that, then we can't do this. And what is more important? And this has been, I think, the the as soon as summer struck and we were all sort of feeling like, can we get outside? Can we get outside? You you have to be able to have these conversations with your family and friends and be brutally honest about what you feel comfortable with and kind of stick to it. And, and sometimes that's hard to do, but um, it feels like there's really no other way at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you all have thoughts on thinking about, I mean, I know it's so hard to think about what life is going to be like <laughs> in, in like a week from now, but I'm just thinking about September, who knows what school is going to be like for our kids, but thinking about travel just in the future, do you think that the way you think about travel with your kids has completely changed um, given what we're living through right now? And, and really, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that your trips in the future have to have to be more than what they were in the past? Do you feel like they need to be educational because who knows what's going to happen with school or, or, you know, everything. I just feel like everything right now is, is, is you're looking through it with a, through a different lens. Are you feeling that way? I'm sort of feeling like I have to make everything count a little bit more. Yeah. I would say for, for us, I've always been already a person who is live in the moment because life is short and you never know what will happen. I mean, for me personally, I get comments all the time of, why do you take your kids to all these places? They're so young, they'll never remember, you know? And for me, unfortunately, what's happening with COVID is a prime example of why we have, because you literally never know when things will change and what will be Mm -hmm. taken away from you. And I'm so happy that the experiences we've had so far are ones that we've already had. And Mm -hmm. for me, once we're able to get back out there, I think we'll be personally traveling with the same intention that we have now with making every moment count and really making sure that we're doing everything we want to do in these destinations because we just never will know when we'll be able to get back. I think maybe now I'll be even more lenient on how much time we allow the kids to miss school though. Did you pull them out of (laughs) school? Did you pull them out of school a lot for trips? So our oldest daughter is the only one that's in traditional school who's old enough. Um, And my husband and I had decided that like two weeks was the sweet spot of what we would allow her to miss. Um, Not all at once necessarily, but over, you know, the school year. And that's less than the maximum that you're allowed to miss. And sometimes we felt, I guess, judging our own selves of if that was the right thing to do or not. But with this now, I'm like... 100% 100% worth it and we'll continue to do that without second thought. That's interesting. What about you, Liz? What do you think? I have come to appreciate all things in quiet times. Hmm. So if, for example, Williamsburg, 
I decided I was going to expose Max to Williamsburg and Washington, D.C., and I chose early spring when everything was super quiet. Now, granted, he missed, you know, the I don't know, cap guns being for sale and a lot of the reenactments, but it really awakened for me the opportunity to learn it with him. And mm -hmm. that's what I didn't realize I was going to enjoy as much as I have been is taking it a little bit slower, going at a time when there's less people. Um, and taking that allows me to take my work hat off because the minute I see a ton of people, and especially if it's in a luxury environment, I personally have the urge to clean that dish. I have the urge to make sure the bellman gets that lady's chair. It just, it's a natural tick. Mm -hmm. And um, going in off season, I'm starting to love it. I'm loving the Caribbean in the summer. I'm loving skiing in spring skiing or early December. And it allows me, number one, most importantly, to afford to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that spring break, Christmas break are wonderful. And especially, you know, with Auberge being in the luxury space, um, that's for people who, who have that luxury. Um, and that my financial, you know, lifestyle is a little different, but I figured out a way to do it all, but do it all in a price point that matters. So for example, we've learned that Hampton Inns or, you know, quality inns or things of that nature a night or two and then going to a resort and experiencing and enjoying all aspects of the resort. Mm -hmm. So from the swimming pools to the slides to the ice cream um, and really splurging, it allows him to appreciate things more mm -hmm. and it allows me to feel like I'm rewarding him, which is such a great feeling as a parent, you know? I feel like yeah, especially instead of feeling stressed out the entire time, like every time you put your credit card out, just like, ah, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a balance between the two. And, and I think that in the travel space, there's just been an explosion, right? Of, of mid-price, high-price, luxury price. There's a, a demographic for everyone, but we've developed it. Mm -hmm. But as a consumer, we maybe haven't stopped and said, do I need it all? Can I upgrade here to downgrade there? And wow, that downgrade was actually phenomenal. One of my best hotel experiences last year was in an Albany Holiday Inn. Why? Because they had an indoor swimming pool that looked like 1970. Mm -hmm. My son thought it was the coolest thing ever. I grew up going to Holodome. So I was like, this is a Holodome. We, the arcades were 10 cents and we spent hours doing that. And it was perfect. It was yeah. priceless for us. And so it's taking that deep breath to see sometimes it's not always the bells and whistles. And then other times it definitely is. Yeah. I'm curious to know, you know, we've we've spent some time talking about our kids, our families. I'm curious to know how you both are doing these days, you know, just yourselves and how you're carving out some time to have some time for yourself, to breathe, to relax, to stay calm, focused. Please tell me how, because I need some, I need, share your wisdom if you are. For me, it's really been my workouts, just carving that time for me every single day and letting the kids know, I'm sorry, but when I'm in the garage, please don't open the door. <laughs> your dad is in the house or you can occupy yourself with TV if that's what you need to do, you know, but I need this time. So just really making sure that I, I keep to that because it's my 30 minutes where I'm focused on me and what I need to do for myself. And some days even, I mean, we've completely 
gone away with bedtime. I, we don't know what bedtime is in our house. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. Like, it's just, it is, it's kind of like, you know what? We all feel so bad about whatever's going on. And it's like, some days it's literally just do what you want to do, you know? And it, because that's what I need for my sanity. That's what my husband needs for his sanity. And I think sometimes that's what the kids need for their sanity too, because I think my husband and I are getting on their nerves at this point. Um, <laughs> but, but with that, it's some days too, just telling them, Hey, like it's time for you to go to bed because I need to binge watch TV right mm -hmm. now. You cannot watch what I'm watching. You have, you have watched what you wanted and you need to go to bed. And they've cried because they're like, but it's so early. And I'm like, I'm sorry, your dad and I need some alone time. We're going to catch up on some adult time and you, you have to go. <laughs> so I think it's just setting those boundaries some days. It's like some days do whatever you want. And then some days it's like, we need boundaries. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. Monet, do you have boundaries like that when you're on vacation? Do you say like, okay, it's bedtime or do you just let it all go however it, it, it goes? It depends on the day. Um, and maybe like what we're doing the next day too. Cause you know how, you know how your kids are. Like if you stay at a certain time and we have an activity to do at eight o'clock in the morning, are you going to be cranky at it tomorrow? Because that's going to ruin our uh -huh. trip. So we definitely have boundaries on some days, but then other vacations where it's all fun and games, it's like, no, we can, we can relax and we can do whatever we want. And you guys can be in the pool until they kick you out or, <laughs> you know, so I think it just really yeah. depends. Yeah. What about you, Liz? How are you staying sane and carving out some time for yourself? Um, I wasn't. I, I learned that lesson the very hard way, but in an incredibly powerful way for me. I'm not good at raising my hand and saying, I can't do this. But um, last week, I actually, for the first time in my career, reached out to my HR department and said, I need some help. Mm. Like, I need to find a way because of, with Obear's product being in the North American market, all predominantly in drive, I found myself working seven days a week and clients calling me in the middle of the night. Now mm. I'm empathetic because the reason why they're calling me in the middle of the night is they also finally just got time away from their children. Yeah. And so yeah. it was the one time they could catch up. And so I found myself in this cycle and unfortunately my snarly, nasty momness came out to Max in the mornings. I would just be like, ah, yeah. just, and he would be like, calm down, mom, calm down. And I'm like, I felt the weight. And so I think now I'm these two weeks, hopefully I can take a balance. But the biggest thing is just if you're hitting that wall, reach out to the resource, especially if it's, it's work oriented or even personal, like find yeah. those resources. Because after I said it, the words came out to the HR woman, just that alone was cathartic. Yeah. Um, that wine and cussing also definitely help. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two other. <laughs> I think one of the things that I think we need to start doing is, you know, it's all in, in, in my baby steps back into travel is arranging some sleepovers, sort of like an exchange student program with my nieces in New Jersey and just swapping, you know, having Charlie go over there for a night. Um, because I know that my sister and my brother-in-law have been as equally locked down as we have. And we've had those tough conversations. You know, if you do this, you know, if you send your kid to camp or to soccer, we're not going to ever see you this summer. Um, so we've had those conversations. And I think just having a night here, here and there, if you can rely on family or friends to help, you know, like so, you just need help getting through it. 
it also helps the kids. Totally, yeah. Right? To, to hear the explanations and rationale from an, another adult besides yourself is powerful. Yeah. They come back a little bit kinder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, um, that feels like a good note to end on. I do want to just add quickly that um, it is really difficult to be a parent right now. It's really hard uh, what we're all dealing with and, and living through day to day. And most of us don't have a single moment to spare. So I really do appreciate you both um, taking the time to be with us today. Uh, it's been really wonderful chatting with you. And before we go, um, I'd like to ask each of you where everyone can find you on social media or elsewhere. Monet? Yes, thank you so much for having me. On Instagram, I am The Traveling Child and my website is www.thetravelingchild.co. And Liz, how about you? Probably the best place to always find me is LinkedIn. Mm. Um, that seems to be my, my hot topic and it's Liz Spikinger at Auberge Resorts. Fantastic. Um, and I'm Lauren DiCarlo on Instagram. You can find me at LDiCarlo. That's L-D-E-C-A-R-L-O. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us. 